Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Known. If you're new with us here, welcome. We're so grateful that you're here. If you're not new with us, welcome too. Thank you so much for coming back, guys. Known is a podcast where we sit down with individuals to talk about the battles and burdens that they've faced in their lives that God has brought them through and shaped them further into who he has called them to be. And so my name's Quinn. I'm with the company Humble Daily, who puts on the podcast. And man, we're so excited that you're here to hear some truth, to be encouraged, and just to be spurred forward in your week uh, by a guy that we think really will push you deeper into your love for Christ. And so before we get rolling, guys, we want to just sit down and, and thank our sponsors, New Ethics Formulations. You can go to the show notes and go to newethics.com and get 15% off of any products with the code KNOWN. That's K-N-O-W-N for 15% off. New Ethics is a company that prides themselves on honesty, integrity, transparency and truth and so man we're so grateful for that in an industry that's typically facades and different veils that you can't see behind and they put every ingredient that they have that's all scientifically backed and researched in all of their products fully out there on the label for you to see with no proprietary blends or anything like that so we're so grateful for their transparency for their partnership for their help and just spurring this forward and believing in humble daily and so go check out newethics.com and use the code known for 15 percent off you guys, as I've said in the last few episodes, these episodes are pre-recorded because I'm in medical school and so I don't have as much time once I'm in school to really sit down and record these. And so Jacob's lack of mention of some of the events that have happened in the world is not because he does not care about them and they're not a reflection on him, but rather because this was recorded before a lot of the happenings of our country and what has gone down and transpired in the last few months. And so I uh, just want to let that be known and get that out there. But yeah, guys, without any further ado, just want to get to the podcast and really spur you guys forward. Hope you're having a great week, and I hope that this makes it better. Hey, what's up, guys? This week, we have a very special guest that I'm very excited for. We are sitting down with the tight end for the Seattle Seahawks, Mr. Jacob Hollister. How are you doing today, Jake? Doing good, man. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. You like to go by Jake or Jacob? Doesn't matter. Either one. It's, it's 50-50. <laughs> very cool, man. How you been doing? How you hanging in on all the quarantine stuff? It's been good, bro. It's... uh. It's obviously been a different time for everybody, um, but we, I've just had so much more time to kind of reflect right now and, and do stuff like this. Honestly, a lot of podcasts and um, talking with people that I haven't talked to in a while, uh, so it's been pretty cool, especially connecting with family that I haven't talked to in a while. I've really, really enjoyed that because you get so caught up during the season uh, time-wise, and now we have unlimited time, so it's been pretty awesome. That's that's cool. Can you give us just like a little synopsis of how time intensive being in the NFL is? I don't know that people fully understand that. Yeah, man, it's a uh, it's one of those things. Um, I kind of joke like it's a teacher's schedule because we have this period right now, which is usually three months completely off. So you have three months to do whatever you want outside of training, you know, three to four hours a day. Um but during the season, it's it's a grind. It's like you get up, you know, I'd, I'd usually be waking up at around 6.30. Um, you're in there until at least probably 6, 6.30 at night. Um, so it's usually around 12-hour days. And then even when you do get home, you're kind of prepping for the next day. So you're studying, um, checking out the, checking out the uh, install for the next day, studying your opponents and so yeah, during the season, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, you know, during that eight month period, hopefully nine month period, if you yeah. make it to the Super Bowl, um, that it's going to be a grind and you're not going to have a ton of time to talk to people. And, um, you just have to be smart about how you spend all your free time. Hmm. 
That's very cool. So what, what goes down in those 6.30 to 6.30 hours? Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty similar most weeks. We go in, so you usually hit your lift in the morning. Um, so it's about an hour and a half lift uh, when you get in at 7. And then you'll go meetings from um, whatever, 9 o'clock to 11. You'll get a lunch break. Uh, and then we'll go practice and then you watch more film and, and review practice. <clears throat> and then you'll go into position meetings, um, to finish the day and kind of start for the next day, start, start, um, reviewing and scouting the opponent. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really just a combination of, of walkthroughs, practice and meetings throughout the whole day. <laughs> and that's, that's pretty much it. Huh? That's cool, man. I don't think a lot of people understand that it's not just playing on Sundays and practicing for a couple <laughs> yeah. hours. <laughs> Very yeah, cool, man. Yeah, that's something that I always laugh at because, like, you can't really put it. You can't really explain to somebody who's never done, which is totally okay that they don't understand. But when you're trying to explain, like, what do you guys do in there for ten hours of meetings? Like, do you just like completely memorize all the plays? And I'm like, I can't even begin to describe how much studying goes into it. Yeah, but yeah, it's crazy. It's way more cognitive of a sport than people get it credit for. I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think especially at the professional level, it's uh, you got to be smart to play in the league for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, hey, Jake, for people who maybe aren't as familiar with you, obviously you're in the NFL, um, but can you just tell people a little bit more about who you are um, and how you got to where you are right now? Yeah. So I uh, so big. Um, big reason I'm where I'm at is because of my faith for sure. Um, and I just feel like this is the journey that God's had me on. Um, and one of those reasons being my brother, I feel like, uh, God put my brother in my life for a reason because he knew that I needed him to get (laughs) to this point along with my dad. My dad put a lot of time, um, a lot of time into me and my brother, uh, especially when we were in kids, just spending time with us and coaching us and all that. But it's been a journey. Yeah, it's been, uh, we went, so me and my brother walked on at Nevada out of high school. I was playing quarterback at the time. Um, and then from there, we spent a semester there. We went to junior college for a year, uh, together. And that's where I switched to tight end. And then from there, I went to Wyoming like a while. And then, uh, Cody went to Arkansas from there. So that's kind of when we split, split ways and then met back up with the Patriots actually together there for a couple of years. And then we, we split up again. He's with the Titans. I'm with the, the Seahawks, but yeah, man, God's, uh, I feel like God's just constantly been shaping, uh, been shaping me. And I was listening to the sermon this morning by our pastor here in town. And I feel like he's given me so much endurance, uh, spiritually, uh, physically, um, just to endure a lot of different things. And I feel like it's been so much more about, um, how much I've been able to endure, uh, just knowing that that's what God had for me over the, over anything else really. Hmm. So is Cody, is he, are you guys twins? Yeah, we're twins. So Man, you would that's th- awesome. you'd think we were, you'd think we were identical, but we're fraternal twins. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. So what has that meant to you? Like having a brother to kind of walk hand in hand with, I know scripture talks a lot about the importance of community and the one another's, um, <laughs> What has that meant to you and how has that really helped shape you into who you are having someone that's kind of been there every step of the way? Yeah, man, I can't even really, I can't even really put it into words. He's just, uh, 
because he's really been the foundation for me when it comes to my faith. So, um, you know, in college, really up until college, um, I was saved when I was 12. And then uh, I'd say I kind of, you know, did my own thing for a while. Um, walked away. I wouldn't say I ever walked away from from Christ, but at the same time, I was doing my own thing. And, um, and I recommitted my life uh, when I was just out of college, actually. Okay. And that's when I went to go train with my brother in Arkansas. Um, but yeah, my brother has been, uh, like I said, I feel like God put my brother in my life and he put me in my brother's life, uh, just to carry each other's crosses at, at times in our life when we needed it the most. And, um, it's just something I'm so thankful for. And I, I couldn't imagine being where I'm at today without my brother. And that's hundred percent true. Hmm. That's so cool, man. So let's take, let's kind of start from the beginning. Like you said, you were saved at 12. Um, so what's kind of your early testimony leading into maybe some of those college years where you don't feel like you're walking with Christ as, as in line as you wish you would have maybe, um, to now. So what's kind of your testimony? Yeah. Yeah. So do you mean, uh, like right when I was saved leading up? Really any. So like from, um, from being a kid, like what led you to wanting to be oh, saved yeah, at 12? Yeah. Yeah. So my dad was always the, um, spiritual leader, um, in our family. And so my parents are divorced. They divorced when I was really young. Uh, I think I was around four or something like that. Um, and there's always been some brokenness there just with re like getting married again, getting divorced again. Um, but my dad was always a really solid, uh, leader when it comes to, um, leading us to Christ and, so he's really the one I remember I was, I was, uh, at a kid's deal, uh, West side church here in town. And then the past, I just remember 12 years old, I was, I was there on my knees and, um, accepted Christ in my life. And I, I knew at that moment that I had accepted Christ. And then later on, it was like later on that year. And this is when my brother will tell you that he got saved. Um, my dad asked us like, are you guys ready to, Cause my dad always believed that 12 years old is kind of when you're like a man. So he, he, uh, might be a little young, <laughs> but, uh, um, so yeah, he asked us at that point, like, do you guys want to be saved? And I already knew that I had accepted Christ. So, uh, when we're like going through the prayer and all that, I'm like, I already did it. I don't know if I should do it again, <laughs> but cause I didn't, I didn't know exactly what was going on. Um, but that's when my brother was saved too. And yeah, from that point, um, yeah, I knew that my, my heart and my mind was changed. Um, but I'd say there was, uh, and I, I'd say I'm my, my biggest critic also. So mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to kind of talk about things, but also just make sure that, um, I give God the credit that he's due where he was, he was still, he was always doing amazing things through my life. Uh, even when I feel like I was furthest from him. Um, but there's just times, you know, the end of high school to um, through college when I definitely was just pursuing things that uh, would just make me feel good and make mm -hmm. me feel, um, yeah, just make me feel great about myself uh, and self-righteous. Um, and then as time went on, those things just began to feel more and more empty. And you just start searching for something else. Uh, and I just hit the point where when I asked God to, um, 
I'm trying to like shorten, shorten everything. But when I, when no, I asked, when I asked Christ to come back to my life and, and I wanted to turn away from all this stuff, that was, that was again, another process where, um, my heart and my mind was changed again, but I was still out of habit, uh, going back to those things that I was doing before, but it didn't feel the same anymore. Where like, I feel like I was numb to it at one point and those things now like truly hurt me when I was doing them. Um, and that's where, when I decided like I was, I was really going against my soul. Like, uh, it was my soul and my flesh, like at war. And, um, and it's just been a slow process for me where now I can truly say that, um, I'm just in a place where I feel confident with who I am, uh, who I am am as a man of God. Uh, I, I make mistakes every day, but I feel confident in saying that and just knowing what God has done in my life. Uh, so I'm just, I feel blessed to be where I'm at today. Hmm. I love that brother. So what are some things like, as you're talking through that, we know we're both kind of aware that, that college athletes, especially college football players are treated a certain way on campus, right? You guys bring in a lot of the money. You have a lot of, a lot at your disposal. Um, and really it's like, you guys are the people that a lot of people watch and look to and people know you. Um, so for people in that position, or maybe not even in that exact position as if maybe just on a college campus, what would your encouragement be to people that feel like they are getting pulled kind of down some of those paths that, that you've already walked and you can use your experience to teach them and hopefully give them a better direction? Yeah, I think, um, one thing that I love about what I've experienced, um, and I'm so thankful to have experienced the pain in my life because there's a lot of things that uh, maybe I wish I wouldn't have done, but at the same time, I'm so glad that I did because, um, I see people searching after those things. And, uh, for example, money, girls, whatever it is. Um, and I know that those things don't bring happiness. So like you see people searching and, and chasing these things their whole life. Um, nice cars, like all this stuff. Well, I've been around those things and now I know, like I've seen guys have those things and they're not happy. So like it, those things don't bring happiness and I I know what does and I've experienced that too. So it's like, I'm glad that I, um, so yeah, to answer your question, I guess I would just say I've tried both and I know what actually makes you happy and it doesn't make you, it doesn't make you comfortable all the time. Like there's not, there's, you're not, you're not happy all the time. Like I, I have bad days consistently, but, um, I know what my rock and my foundation is. And in a time like right now with this virus stuff going on, like I really have such a peace about it because I know, I know where my soul lies. I know what my foundation is, what my rock is and, um, nothing can really shake that. That's so cool, man. So I want to jump back a little bit. You talked a little bit um, or alluded a little bit to some of the the pains that come with divorce. Um, Mm. I think that's something that a lot of people can really relate to uh, Mm. right now. And you might have, I think, a unique perspective being where you are uh, in your faith and in your walk and some of the things that God has taught you through that. Um, What would your encouragement be to people or um, anything like that for someone who maybe their parents are going through a divorce or they're on the back end of a lot of hurt from divorce? Um, what can, how can you speak into that? Um, yeah, man, there's so much, there's so much I could dig into with that. 
Um, so just a little background. So my parents divorced and first of all, like my parents were so amazing and, um, my dad was the best dad you could uh, ever imagine growing up. Uh, same with my mom. She's like the lo most loving mom you'll ever, most loving person you'll ever meet in general. Like she'll just look at you and cry. <laughs> somewhere. But, um, yeah, there's, I, f I feel like it's the more that I've grown, the more that I've just realized we all are broken in certain ways. We all have thorns. And so when I look at my mom and my dad, I look at my, my ex stepmom, my, my stepdad that I'm, I'm still really close to today. Um, I just, when you look at them and you see them as people, um, when they're, when they're married, like they're one flesh, they're, they're a unit, but then, you know, they're divorced and you're like, okay, I just want to look at each one of my parents as individuals. And it's almost like you see them in a different light where you're like, okay, they're each year that I get older. I'm like people when I was 16 and I pictured people at 26, I thought they had it all figured out <laughs> when now I'm 26. I'm like, I still got a lot to figure out. So it's yeah. like, I look at my parents now and I feel like after feeling God's grace for um, so many things that I've done and, and so many areas in my life, I just have a lot of grace for my parents and um, for really everybody in my life. And I don't talk to my dad today. There's a lot more to that, um, but it has nothing to do with the divorce and um, multiple divorces and stuff like that. Uh, there's, there's a lot of different factors that I won't go into with that, but um I think it, it comes down to, for me, uh, just realizing, okay, I have a God who really is perfect and who's going to love me like a perfect father. And my parents here on earth are going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, just loving them through that, um, having grace for them, just like God's given us grace. Hmm. Absolutely, man. So can you talk a little bit more about that? I know we talked beforehand, um, just about how a lot of times we like to take our life experience and make God in our image due to our experience as opposed to the other way around. Um, and you just have spoken a little bit to the fact of like, Hey, your parents aren't going to be perfect. They're not supposed to be the ultimate fulfillment of your father. Um, so what does that mean to you? I know that's something you said you think through and journal through and stuff like that. And that's just really interesting to you. Um, how do you kind of reconcile with that of like, man, like, I, I don't know that I have the best relationship with my father right now, mm. but, but I do have a, a loving and perfect father that I can pursue daily. Um, yeah. can you talk through that a little bit? Yeah, dude, it's, uh, I just, I feel for so many kids, um, that I talk to or so many people in general that I talk to who you can just tell have so much hurt from their fathers growing up. And that's usually a big reason why people don't trust God and don't want to lean into God um, and what Christ has for us because they have so much hurt from their fathers uh, growing up, which is totally understandable. Um, but the important part is, yeah, just like you said, really leaning into um, God and what he has for us because you can, you can talk about God being a perfect father as much as you want, but until you read his words, and that's something that I've really realized lately is like, okay, like I'm hearing, like I can hear as much as I want that God is perfect and, and God is a great father. But until I read his words and read his truth and let that really sink in on my heart, then I'm not truly going to understand 
that he is consistent. Like that's the one word that um, a lot of a lot of kids, a lot of people who have who have dads out there um, who have who have hurt them need to hear about God. Like he is consistent Hmm. Um, because we need that. We need that out of our out of our dads, not this roller coaster of emotions and um, things like that going out through every week where you just never know where they're going to be at. Like God is the same today, tomorrow, yesterday. He's always going to be consistent in our lives. And uh, one verse we were looking at the other day was, um, it was in Ephesians, I think it's 3.17. I think it was, let me see. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, hmm. that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is breadth and length hmm. and, and height and depth. And I think that just holds so true because you hear that word, like Christ may dwell. So we have so many fathers who come in and out of our lives. You see that with, with people like, um, fathers who come in and out of their lives um, because of hurt, pain, alcoholism, whatever it is. But Christ, as long as you, as long as you, um, it says in our hearts through faith. So as long as you have faith in him and you abide in, in him daily, then he wants to dwell in your heart. So I think that's just a powerful, powerful full word where like he wants to be in there to stay as long as you have faith in him. Yeah. Huh. That's such a good word, man. I think I was looking through some scripture memory this morning and Hebrews eleven six came up, which says, uh, yeah. it's, it's impossible to please God without faith for yeah. to call upon you to call upon him. You must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Yeah. Um, so I love that, man. Just the idea of like, what does it look like to truly dwell? Like, what does that mm-hmm. look like to, to believe that like there is a father who loves me and cares for me and gave himself for me? Um, so cool, man. So cool to hear your perspective on that. So I want to shift gears a little bit, Jacob, if you at least correct me if I'm wrong, but I think if you could, if you were to write your story, you may not have written it in the exact path that you've taken to the NFL. Um, and so playing it, I think, did you, did you play at three colleges? Yeah. Three. playing at three colleges and then you went undrafted then went to one of the best teams in the league with some of the best players to ever play the game and now yeah. you're back in the pacific northwest doing all these different things um playing with some really amazing people and getting more and more time and exposure um can you talk a little bit about how god has shown up and surprised you in the unexpected mm-hmm. dude i yeah it's, it's one of those things i just smile about because and i laugh about because there's so many things that I've tried to plan out in my life. And I almost know that God's always going to make me work for it, no matter what it is. And, um, yeah, there's so many times when me and my brother have been at the beginning of a journey or like just in a complete Valley at the time, but we know that God's going to pull us out of it. For example, like junior college, I was like the biggest grind you could imagine we're staying in these like old, old, old dorms. It must've been from like the 1700s and okay. But, uh, it was, it was crazy. Like, you know, it's a, a really, I don't want to say sketchy, but it's just, you're grinding. Like it's, it's just football and school. Um, and one of those deals, like I said before, like, I feel like God gave me my brother for a reason during that time. Um, but God's, God's always been faithful 
And I think that he's always been really happy and blessed me and my brother knowing that we're not going to quit in the Valley and knowing that we see that light at the end of the tunnel. Um, in times like when we walked on at Nevada and we, there's so many examples I could use, but we walked on there, couldn't afford it anymore. So we had to go to Juco and then, um, you know, fortunately they gave us scholarships in Juco, but we still racked up some more loans during summer school. And then, we got our scholarship offers and then it was three years of grinding there. And then, so when we, um, long story short, when we signed with the Patriots together, um, we got $10,000 signing bonuses. And I don't think that was by coincidence because that was exactly how much money we still owed on our student loans hmm. uh, from Nevada and from Arizona Western. It's just one of those little examples you see and you're like, Okay, out of high school, we were begging for scholarships. Like, we just wanted a D1 scholarship so bad. And God made it possible, not right away, but years down the road, that we ended up having our school for free because he gave us the money that we needed three years later. Hmm. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, man, he's pulled us, he's pulled me through just a lot. Hmm. So cool. Hey, so Jacob, I operate kind of under the assumption in my life, or I try to in humility that I can truly learn anything from anyone. Um, even if, if they, if they don't have a faith, I can even learn something about my faith through them. Um, you've been around some of the most highly functioning and best in class people, um, in the sport that you play at the professional level, being Tom Brady or even your own position of Gronk. Um, what are some things that you've pulled from the personalities like that? Uh, that you've been able to apply to your life. Yeah, Dude, I, love, I love how you said that because that's so true. You can learn so much from the people around you and um, you can learn so much about your faith through somebody who doesn't have a faith even. Mm-hmm. And um, there's so much I've learned from guys. I think that's one thing that's been so awesome for me is, is being around so many amazing guys uh, in football in general, being around guys from different backgrounds that you never would have experienced uh, in any other situation so yeah like a guy like Gronk he's honest he's taught me just to enjoy the day like he's such a he's such a fun guy and he's really such a competitor too um but he really has fun at it and even with the Patriots like it's a very intense environment and I loved playing there Um, but at times you have to be reminded to just have fun playing football and you're blessed to be able to go play football and get paid for it. Mm-hmm. And so Gronk would be out there, man. And he's just, he's always having fun with it. And I just, I loved playing football with him and just learning from him. And um, when it comes to Tom, uh, and I can apply this to, to Russell too, is those guys are, they have a confidence and a competitiveness to them that's just unmatched. Like they just, I've never seen, you know, you go through football and you see guys who are, who are cocky. Um, but a confidence that is just so humbling at the same time hmm. where these guys just say, no, I'm, I'm the best that there is. And I'm going to go be great. It's just, and you, and you look in your eyes in, in their eyes and you're like, all right, yeah, I want to, I want to play for this guy. Hmm. And I remember Tom standing before, uh, standing before us rookies at, at one point, I can remember, it was my first fall camp or what it was, but he just said every single day that I go out on the field, it's my job to earn your trust. And 
at that point I was like, wow, like this guy who has every right to, to just say whatever he wants and just to be, you know, he has every right to be arrogant um, and cocky, you know, beyond belief, but he's sitting here saying, it's my job to go earn your rookie's trust tomorrow at practice. And I'm like, man, that's, that's awesome. So I've taken that away uh, tried to apply it to my game and, and really in my life is just, okay, I'm, I'm going out to practice today. I'm going out to this game. I'm trying to earn the trust of my teammates every single day. Hmm. That's amazing, dude. I think that's so cool too. And just like, I mean, I think it's a good parallel back to faith of like a lot of our confidence is rooted in something that's bigger than us. Right. Like, and if mm-hmm. we take a very worldly example, Tom Brady's skill is very much bigger than himself, you know, like, mm-hmm, or who he sure. is, his persona. Um, yeah. and he can, him and Russ can anchor and be confident in those things. But, um, how have you kind of applied that? Some of the things that you've, you've taken from that, how have you specifically applied those things to your faith and kind of in your walk, um, in the yeah. past that you have? Yeah, I think, um, I think the confidence thing is a, is a big aspect of my life. Uh, cause like I was saying before, we all have, I mean, for me, it's like taking my daily pills when I'm getting in the word. Mm-hmm. And I remember multiple times when I'm not getting the word and I, and I stumble. And I think a big um, leap that I've had to make is knowing, okay, I'm, I'm a man of God, not because of anything that I do, but because of God and because I'm saved. And for a long time, Um, I think some of the shame and guilt that I felt kept me from sharing a lot of messages that God wanted to speak through me. And now I'm to the point where I really just feel like, you know, what, I'm, I'm tired of getting in God's way of sharing through me. Like, I don't care what, um, I don't care if I make a mistake today, tomorrow, whatever it is, I'm not, I'm not going to get in the way of God sharing something through me. Um, through other people, because I am a man of God, and I'm confident in that. um, And I'm willing to share that. So I think that's been a big leap for me this past couple years, uh, especially learning from, like I said, that that confidence factor um, through the guys that I've played with. So how has uh, being more open about your faith kind of opened doors to have more conversations that are life-giving for you? Oh, yeah, there's been there's been so many open doors and I've always been, um, a lead by example type of guy, uh, with most things in my life. And by no means do I mean that that applies to my faith (laughs) all all the time. Like I, like I said, I make a lot of mistakes, but, um, when when it comes to like guys in the locker room and stuff like that, uh, it's big on respect. So it's like I said before, you need to earn guys respect, um, before you can really, dig into their story and have them trust you. Uh, so you can't just jump into somebody's life at chapter five and act like you knew the first four chapters and just tell them what they need to believe and, and all that you need to get to know, you know, get to know guys, uh, and their past and their hurts, uh, their struggles, their strengths, everything about them and just let them get to know you as a person. That's, um, that's at least how I approach it is I just want people to feel loved by me uh, as a friend, as a brother, as a son, um, and feel that first before anything. And then 
you know, when it comes to developing our relationship from there, then yeah, I'd, I'd love to dig into, you know, what they believe, uh, who they are, like, what's your foundation. Um, but yeah, for me, it all starts with love. That's how it's always started for me. Hmm. So good, man. So what Jacob, there's in your life, you're obviously still moving forward and working harder to, to, uh, get further. Uh, but you've actualized a lot of things that a lot of people would think would be the pinnacle of living life on earth of, of making the NFL. You got a Super Bowl ring. You've played with some of the greatest of all time. Um, you're playing on great teams now under, under legendary coaches and, um, money, fame, whatever that is that people want to attribute that to, um, being on the other side of that now, not so much being a college student who's trying to get there, but you're, you're, you've actualized a lot of those aspirations. What, what can you say being on the other side from your perspective now, looking back? Like, is it as fulfilling? We've talked a little bit about it, but is, is the fulfillment there? Is it obviously, I'm sure it's nice, mm -hmm. but do you still find yourself coming up wanting? Um, yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, for me, it's been such a balance of, um, of feeling some of that fulfillment. And it's really the balance of, enjoying what God's done, but also realizing that it's not the end goal. So like this life is like, this life is a constant race until the very end. And these are really cool chapters that are going on right now. But I know that it's just the beginning of what God has for me. Um, but also having joy in that, like there's so many, uh, so many times I can remember um, where God's done some really cool things in my life. And then it's almost like I don't want to feel too happy about it because I don't want to make it feel artificial uh, because I know that there's more to it when really I feel like God just wants to look down and be like, yeah, I gave that to you. Like, it's really cool. Just like enjoy it for a second mm -hmm. um, when I'm constantly looking forward to the next thing. Um, so that's something that I've worked on uh, lately is just like, like signing back with the Seahawks uh, for a pretty cool deal this year. It's like, um, sure. There's a lot of hard work that needs to be done from here moving forward, but like just saying, thank you, God, like, this is really cool. I'm glad that I'm in this position, uh, and just having joy in that and not letting your, your joy getting, not letting your joy be stolen by the fact that you know that it's not the end all be all to, um, to life. But, um, it's like you said, I know that after experiencing a lot of these things, Super Bowl ring and all that, um, I'm just so thankful to have experienced those things, not only because it's awesome, but because I know that there's so much more important things in life too. That's so cool. So does it, does it kind of help you frame your perspective of like, wow, I mean, a Super Bowl ring would be one thing that people might put up there as like, like you made it, you know, like you can, mm -hmm. you can die a happy man. Does it, has it really helped you frame that perspective of like, it's amazing, but the day after a Super Bowl might be an example of the fact that there has to be a God because I still found myself yeah. wanting more, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think it's one of those things. Um, yeah, it's like when you win a Super Bowl and then the next day you're really just on the journey to win the next one. So it's like, it's such an incredible achievement i couldn't have imagined getting a super bowl ring when i was a five-year-old uh nine-year-old wearing brett Favre's jersey uh just imagining it but um like as an athlete you're just you're constantly searching for the next thing and the next 
the next high, the next um, happy thing that you're going to feel uh, with success, the achievements that come with it. Um, so yeah, those things are great, but it's like you said, you, I don't think you can ever find true fulfillment in championships of any kind. You can, it's such an incredible achievement and it's so amazing, but you, I don't think you can ever reach full fulfillment in that. That's a good word, man. So one of the things I think Jacob that people don't totally realize is that with increased exposure in your life a lot of cool things come with that but I think temptation also in some ways proportionally increases um and so what are some things or some areas of temptation that you consistently find yourself uh having to be vigilant on knowing that we're none of us are exempt to being tempted oh yeah man like really right when you enter the league I feel like uh you just get exposed to so much right away you're just you're so overstimulated because you're being thrown out there in front of, of really the world to see. And I think that first year was really, was really a struggle for me where, um, especially in today's age of, you know, Instagram, yeah. social, all the social media, uh, Snapchat, all that stuff. Um, it's just a daily battle where, uh, the more that I've experienced it, the more I've realized, um, I got to take my daily pills, which is just getting in the word, um, to have eternal eyes and then just surrounding yourself with people who are going to hold you accountable where you can't just surround yourself with cheerleader friends Mm -hmm. who are just going to pump you up and, um, you know, you're the man, you're killing it. Like, Oh, it's so sick. All that stuff. Like, that's great. You need some of those friends, but you need people who are going to check you too. Um, make sure that you're staying on the right track. Uh, just tell you when you're messing up and, um, hold you accountable. So who are some of those people in your life that maybe they're not impressed by you? They love you, but they're not impressed by you. Yeah, I have, I fortunately have a lot. I think, I think I'm lucky to have siblings. Um, and I've, I've grown to have more and more friends like that too. Um, but most importantly, you know, I think of, my sister Sierra, who will check me, and she's not afraid to check me, and in a loving way, uh, especially when it comes to girls. And like I'll be talking to a girl, like check this, you know, check this girl out. She seems really nice. And then my sister will be like, no. And I'm like, <laughs> like come on, give it a chance. And but she always knows right away. Um, and there's a lot of examples like that uh, of people in my life who will just check me for the right reasons, friends that I have, um, and my brother too. Um, my brother and I's relationship is interesting because we, we struggle with some of the same things. So it's like mm-hmm. checking each other gets a little bit harder because we know what we're dealing with. Yeah. So it's important to have friends outside of that too. Um, and mentors who can, uh, be honest with you, um, and not be, you know, guys who aren't literally your twin that you're talking to. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, that's been this past year. I've gained a lot more friends that have, uh, just been guys in my life that can really check me and be honest with me. Hmm. I love that. Uh, I think Proverbs 28 says he who rebukes a man will afterward finds more favor than one who merely flatters with his tongue. Um, 
have you kind of found that to be true that you have more of a respect for the people that will actually stand up to you and say like, Hey, no, you're wrong. And I, I know the man you want to be and you're not being God's man. Man, that is, yeah, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't take a better verse, uh, for how I feel. I feel so much respect for somebody. And at first it's like, right. When somebody checks you, you, you want to get offended. Like that's at least how I feel. I, I want to get offended. Yeah. And then I stop for a second. I'm like, you know what? Like, he's right. Like he's, he's speaking truth to me. Like I needed that. Uh, there's been times in my life where I've had, um, a buddy of mine who texts me literally, um, couldn't have been better timing when I was, uh, just in a place that might've been going down a bad road. And then he checked me and I'm like, yeah, man, like I needed that. Like, thank you for that. Um, and like you said earlier, I feel like it's important to have people around you who respect you and, and, um, but like you said, aren't impressed by you, mm-hmm. uh, in a good way. Like they yeah. still have confidence in you and, and they know that you have a lot of strengths, but they're not impressed by the things that you're doing. Mm-hmm. They're more impressed by the man that you are and, and what you can offer in that way. Hmm. Absolutely, man. That's so good. So, uh, what are some founding principles that you've kind of founded your life on? Are there anything that you, you consistently anchor back into? Uh, well, really the term I mentioned it earlier that me and my brother have always used is no quit. Um, and I feel like I've just applied that to everything in my life really. And it's always held true where, uh, there's so many different scenarios in my life where I was so close and just being tested where, for example, when we were at Nevada, me and my brother looked at each other in the dorm rooms about two weeks into fall camp. And we're like, like, do we want to do this? Or do, like, should we just go work for our stepdad and start doing that and see what happens? And if we would have done that, like, could you imagine, like, we'd be missing out on what happened the past seven years. Um, but not quitting in that moment was so big because it led to so much more and not quitting becomes a habit in your life. Um, or it starts with a rep and it, and it applies to everything outside of your life with relationships, being diligent and intentional in your relationships and people that you love. Um, so yeah, man, I think that's, I think that's the term that I've, um, really applied to my life the most is just no quit when it comes to not quitting on my faith, not quitting on my family, not quitting in football. Um, so many different aspects. Hmm. So I think that's, that's so good. And it ties back into, cause like another way to say no quit would be basically be consistent. Right. And yeah. and that's kind of one of the things you tied back into the importance of, of viewing God as a father of he's, he is consistent and he's consistent to fulfill his promises. And I think that's one of the things that I hear, like, as I, I I read on your story and hear you tell your story of, um, really like consistency is an overarching theme of like you're, you're dealt something that maybe wouldn't have been the hand that you would have dealt yourself, but you seek faithfulness and consistency in what you're doing. And then the outcome maybe is, is, is what you were hoping for, even though the path didn't look like it, that was where it was leading. Um, so how can you speak to that? I think there's a lot of people, maybe our age specifically, who who think, well, if it's hard, it must not be God's calling on my life. Um, and that just hasn't been the overarching theme of your story, even though a lot mm-hmm. of people would look at where you're at right now and be like, yeah, I just want to be where he is. But they don't understand yeah. the faithfulness and consistency and hard times that it took to get where you are. 
Um, yeah. What's your encouragement to people in that of, of remaining consistent and remaining faithful, even though it doesn't feel like you're where you would hope you are in this certain season? Yeah, that's so good. Um, what I'd say to that is I've had to get me and my brother both have, we've had to get really comfortable being uncomfortable where we've had to step outside of so many boundaries that we thought we had for ourselves uh, in faith and just asking God, like, God, please just open a door that's too obvious not to go through. And time and time again, he's, he's opened that door. And then it's like, Oh man, that door's open now. Like, I don't know if I actually want to walk through it. And then, but you know, you, you have to, like, you know, you have to walk through it because you like, that's what God wants for you. So once, once you're praying about that and, and then God makes it obvious, you're like, man, all right, this is going to be tough and this is going to be uncomfortable, but this is exactly what God wants for me. And I think that's what we've seen just time and time again. And, and like you said, the consistency aspect, I feel like for so long I confused consistency with boring, hmm. like those two words, but really it's just, it, I don't think, you can even fathom the differences in the two where consistency is something that as a man, we should all strive to be yeah. um, like as a father, friend, uh, whatever it is. Um, I feel like that's something that we all want in our lives and we all strive for, especially as we get older. Um, so that's something that I want to be and I've tried to be for my teammates, especially like I want my teammates to know that, uh, like I got in trouble a lot this year because I put my head down at the end of the play, like trying to get another yard and my coach was getting mad at me because I was banging up my head a little bit, <laughs> but I just wanted my teammates to know that I was consistently not going to give up on them. Like every single play, I was going to give everything that I had. Um, so yeah, man, it's just like you said, I feel like being consistent in what you do. Uh, that's another thing that I've learned through the, um, through the past few years with the football players around me is coaches, players, they seek for consistency in players. You can be good for one day and then be bad the next, and you can't trust that. But when you're consistently doing things, then your teammates, uh, your coaches, uh, everybody around you can can trust you. That's so good, man. I think one of my favorite definitions of a leader is uh, an unanxious presence. And mm -hmm. I think I think that's so, I think that ties really well into consistency of like, man, they're just consistently not anxious. Like they're the guy you can look to when chaos ensues, you know? Um, I think that's so cool to hear you kind of outline that that way. So for you, man, what are some things like you talked about taking your daily pills? Um, like what are some areas that you're currently studying or that God's currently teaching you in? Man, he's teaching me in a lot of areas right now. Gosh, what's the book that my brother's reading right now? Um, He's reading a book called how to switch your brain on or something like that. And I'm excited to read it because, um, I just feel like God's really bringing to light all the little things in my life right now, especially during this time. Um, when we're being forced to just sit down and be like, all right, how am I really doing right now? There was like, there was another verse in Ephesians, uh, I think it was 16 right before 17 in chapter three when it's uh, that, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's just, you know, something we're being forced to do right now is all of us to sit at home 
with not without all this uh, stuff around us stimulating what we're doing just constantly other than social media and you put your phone down and you're like, all right, how am I really doing? Like, how do I really feel about where I'm at? And I feel like that's been a great time for me right now is just sitting down uh, just myself and God and being like, all right, my God, where's our relationship at? Where am I at? And he's, he's bringing to light all these little things um, uh, for me in a daily basis that, can be changed and things that I need to work on. Uh, just when it comes to how I approach relationships in my life, something is something as little as when I wake up in the morning and I go say good morning to my sister and my brother, yeah. um, things like that, where I just want to walk out. And like you said, I want them to feel uh, no anxiousness around me. I want them to feel the consistency from me on a daily basis. I don't want them to feel a roller coaster of emotions from me um, and stuff that I'm trying to work on for my future family, my future wife and kids um, for them to feel in me. So I feel like God's just been preparing me in that way. Hmm. I love that. So is there a, a passage of scripture or a verse or anything that you find yourself anchoring in over and over again throughout the years? Man, there's a, a lot. Um, I always go back to Proverbs for a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to go through Proverbs at least once every couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see if I can find my favorite. <laughs> um, there's one, I, I won't be able to find it right now, but... Um, it's like in Psalm, uh, I had this written down because it, it just hit me really strong. The Lord is my strength and my shield in him. My heart trusts. And I feel like, uh, for so long, um, like I'd pray before games and I'd ask God, like, will you be my shield? And, uh, now I have the confidence to just ask or really, I'm, I'm crying out to God, like, God, you are my shield rather than saying like, God, will you be my shield? It's like, God, you are my shield. And that's something that hit home for me because, um, like we were talking about earlier, like that switch in confidence where I just know like, God, you are my shield. And I feel confident in that rather than praying for like a good luck charm like before a game, like you really just, you are my shield. Like you are my strength. If I abide in you and my heart trusts you and all that I do. Uh, so that's a verse I had this written down a couple times, um, but at least lately that I've been I've been holding really strong too. Hmm. But I'm gonna I'm gonna text you that verse from Proverbs that I really like uh, later. Yeah, no, please do. I think too, like Spurgeon talks a lot about how uh, like if if God doesn't tell lies and God gives a promise, then mm-hmm. it would only make sense that He would delight in fulfilling that promise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, I think, especially in like Proverbs and Psalms, you hear these, these, I mean, you see guys like David who are just almost like telling God what to do, you know, yeah, like yeah. they're so confident of like, Hey, you yeah. said you do this, you do it. Um, and it's like, man, I don't know if I got the cojones to Dude, say I know, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It totally changes, totally changes perspective. When you hear those guys sit, you're like, I kind of wait, like, are you allowed to say that to him? Yeah, exactly. So what for you, man, what's something like, what's a prayer in your life that you're glad God didn't answer? Oh man, that's a great question. I feel like there's a lot. Uh, I think a lot of those prayers would be, um, 
prayers that I had for relationships Mm -hmm. in my life, um, really in a lot of different ways with friends. Um, but most importantly with, uh, girls, um, I feel like God has just constantly shaped me to this point, um, preparing me to be a future husband to my wife. Um, but I don't think I was ready before this point to be that. So I'm so thankful that God didn't answer that prayer. Um, and I I know that he has something prepared for me in the future. He has my wife waiting for me and she's going to be incredible. Um, it's going to be perfect, but it's not going to be perfect, but it's gonna be great. And, uh, and I'm just so thankful that, um, he didn't answer that prayer a few years ago when he knew I wasn't ready. And I can see that now. Yeah. So how has your, your lens in finding a life mate changed since being in the NFL, being that there's way more exposure, way more opportunity for people to go after things that aren't your heart and your soul? Um, how has the kind of the search for that either changed or has the search, I've heard talk to some people who are like the search kind of just stopped because I'm just focusing on being all that God has for me and I'm going to see who he brings as that. Do you relate to either of those? Yeah, I think I relate to both of those. Um, where I completely, I feel like the more people I've talked to who, um, I see as having relationships that I, I want to have, um, have said that when they put God first and they were desiring God and they were chasing after God and then the relationship just came, it wasn't like they were searching for that first or they were just desiring that every single day. Um, but I'd say for a while, the, the relationship aspect of my life definitely stopped for a couple of years where I was just like, you know, I, I felt like I couldn't trust, trust anybody. Um, I wasn't completely sure what I was looking for in the first place. Um, and I think Russ, Russ, me and Russ having some conversations, he's helped me a lot with that because, uh, you know, he'll talk about non-negotiables and when he was searching for his wife, and then he found Sierra and he had, she had all the non-negotiables that he had. Uh, I'd have to let him share those, but I know a couple of them, obviously to have a faith, um, uh, a really strong faith. He wanted to love, I think it was to love like his mom. And that's one that was similar for me. I want her, I wanted to love like my mom, but um, I think that brought to light just having some non-negotiables um, and I think those have, uh, those have become really stable for me where I know what those are now, uh, when before I, I really didn't know what those were. Yeah. Um, uh, but now at least knowing what those are and you can put all the artificial stuff aside, like I want her to have brown hair, like, I don't care about all that. <laughs> like I want her to, I want her to love Jesus more than she loved me. I want her to love like my mom. I want her to love people really well, have a great heart. Like I obviously want to be attracted to her, but. Um, yeah, I feel like it's all been all the garbage. I feel like has been cleared where I I know what I'm searching for now, which is a good feeling. Hmm. That's awesome. I've heard one of the most helpful examples I've heard on that is, um, the parallel to like, we've all been to the grocery store without a shopping list and you always come out with more than you bargained for, you know, um, like when, when you're searching for, yep. I was like, (laughs) when you're searching for anything, um, anything will suffice. And so having your grocery list or having your non-negotiables, I think is so wise of like, man, I'm going in there, I'm getting bread and I'm getting out, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. 
I love that. And so for you, man, you talk a little bit about Russ, um, and I'm sure there's some other teammates that are kind of have a faith. Um, what has that meant for you to be on a team with guys who, who are walking in that as a non-negotiable for their life? Yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, really, you know, when I was with the Patriots, we had a really solid group. And then with Seattle, we have a solid group. And Russ, um, Russ has done a great job. He started a Bible study uh, over at UW for our team and then for athletes at UW to go to. So I'm trying to think what night it would be. It was like Monday night or something during the season, and we would go do that, um, have somebody speak, and just things like that where you're like, man, this is – you know, we have our leader putting in the effort like that, um, taking the time when you know, I mean, he's got a family too, and, and he's taking the time to do a Bible study, um, pretty special. So I think that's been really cool for me, along with a lot of the other guys, uh, the community that we have with the Seahawks and the foundation that we have there is, is pretty awesome. Love that. And so I, I've spent some time out in Seattle and it's a pretty, it's a, I think it'd be fair to say it's a pretty spiritually dry place. Um, so how, what are some ways that you guys have found to use your platforms for service or just you in particular? Like what are some ways that you found that, um, it, it seems like service is maybe the, the lens, which a lot of people view, um, Christianity the best from in somewhere like Seattle. And Mm so what's, what are some areas that you found that have been helpful in using your platform to serve? Yeah, man. I think, uh, I mean, things like this podcast, um, especially during the season when you can, I think sharing your testimony is just one of the strongest ways, especially, uh, being an athlete with a platform. Um, you need people to see you just as a regular person and talking like a regular person and realize that you have flaws and, and you make mistakes just like they do, uh, because then they can relate to that. Um, and then just being able to share with the community throughout the year, like we did, uh, we've done a couple activities. We did a, uh, um, through that, through that Bible study, we did a giving of, um, clothes and all that to this shelter in the middle of Seattle. And that was an awesome experience. Cause we're just like, we're all huddled around there in the middle of the street and people just start praying. Like we're all just, we're all, uh, hugged around in this huge circle and you know there's a mix of you know homeless people and um guys from our team and and other kids from the college and stuff and you're just hearing these people like shooting out scripture like it's Hmm. like these homeless people who are just sitting there and and everybody's just praying like people are crying um and it just couldn't have been a better picture of what we're supposed to be as a church and as christians is because you had people from you know, Russell Wilson to homeless people standing there in a circle and just praising God and singing, you know, songs together. I think that was, that was like the coolest experience for me this year. That's so cool, man. So as we're kind of landing the plane here, Jacob, uh, what's, what's one area this year that you're really hoping God will grow you in? Um, I think you nailed it, man. The consistency, uh, spiritually, consistency spiritually um and just as a leader i feel like um i almost feel like god's been kind of grooming me the past few years uh in confidence um and i feel like i'm to the point now where uh god's telling me like i want you to start leading people like i want you to start taking a role um and sharing 
my words uh, and sharing through me. So, um, yeah, man, consistency in all that I do, not only on the football field, but outside of that with my family and through my faith. That's so good, man. So if people want to find more about you, Jake, or hear more from you, where can they find you? Oh, yeah, mainly on Instagram. I'm on Instagram, just a Jacob Hollister. Um, I like to share as much as I can on there. Uh, I want to start doing more live stories and, and stuff like that. But that's where you'll see uh, most of my day-to-day on there, on my stories. And, uh, yeah, I love connecting with people, as, as many as I can on there. Cool, man. We love that, man. We're thankful for you. Thanks for walking in the platform the way that you do, brother. Uh, it's really cool to see something like that and just to see and hear of your story of faithfulness throughout the journey, man. It's it's encouraging. I appreciate you, bro. Yeah, thanks for doing this. This is incredible. Absolutely, bro. Thanks so much, Jake. Yeah, bro. Hey, guys, I hope that was encouraging to you. Uh, Jake's just such a cool guy. I really love the way that he stewards his platform in the NFL uh, with some of his teammates and the way he just comes alongside people and loves people well. Uh, I love how transparent and vulnerable he is about his story and the way that he maybe didn't follow Christ as much as he would have liked to have early on, but is just moving closer and closer in step with God as as God kind of calls him deeper into relationship with him. So I hope that is powerful and helpful for you and encourages you to live authentically and vulnerably with those around you. Hey guys, if you have any supplement needs at all, we can't encourage you enough to head over to newethics.com for 15% off. Use the code known. Man, I think you will just love their products. I think you'll be encouraged by the way that they operate and the way that they uh, just function in all honesty and transparency. So go ahead and check them out and go to the show notes and check that out. Uh, Hey guys, if you're willing to leave a rating and review for us, it would mean more than you know. Uh, It only takes 30 seconds and, and it really helps us get the resource in other people's hands. So we're grateful for you if you'll take the time to do that. But let me just pray you guys out in prayer your week. Lord, I just pray that you'll be with those who are listening still. Lord, pray that you'll you'll guide them and call them deeper into a fellowship and a walk with you. I pray for their week in general, just that they will love people, that they'll have your eyes, that they will see people for who they are, that they will see people for the way that you love them and the way that you call them. Lord, let love be a mark and a characteristic of everyone's life this week. Let us call people into more. Let us speak to their potential and let us be someone that would honor you with our life, our love, and our actions. We love you, God. We're grateful for you. And in your name we pray. Amen.